Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm moving a little wonky right now. My back's been kind of giving me issues today, but that's okay. I'm here with you all, and it's good to be here. It's good to be back. And we're in a new semester, right? I already said this, but uh, we're in a new semester. We're in a new year, and there's excitement in that. There's excitement in New Year's like every year, but it's a little different this year, right? Because like the year 2020 was so associated with death, with isolation, with pain. And so we're trying to get away from that. <laughs> and as we come into a new year, we want things to be different. And I want things to be different than they are right now. <laughs> and just like that song that we just sing, in a spiritual sense, like I am longing for God to move and lead us to like a new day, like a new sense of new sense of who he is and also just in our world, just a new, uh, just renewal of what's, of, of, of health, of, of life. And so at the outset of a new semester and new year, I want to share very briefly about what the Bible says about newness. Newness. I don't know if that's a word or not. I mean, I'm going to be saying it. <laughs> I think it's going to encourage us at this time as we continue to, to hope that things are going to change. And so uh, you can read with me if you want. I've got a particular passage in mind here, which is Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. If you want to check that out, Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. I'm going to read it right now. You can jot it down for later, whatever you want to do. And so uh, it says this, Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Okay. So one major contextual element of this passage it's, well, first of all, it's written by Isaiah. He's a prophet. It's from the Old Testament. But also, these, he's quoting God. It's like a thus says the Lord kind of spot of, of the Old Testament. And the major contextual element of this is the state of the Israelites to whom this was written to. And their state at the time was being two things, in exile, and they were waiting for a savior. They were in exile, and they were waiting for a savior. And so, I like to think that, well, I don't like to think it, but it seems to me that our current state of social isolation can feel a lot like exile, you know, where we're kind of just sort of restricted in what we can and can't do. And there's this like big change that's occurred just as a result of this thing that's happening, it's going on. And we're sort of exiled from each other, from community in different ways, you know. And so when God talks about making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's talking about providing restoration in the midst of a desolate situation. And a quick glance at the world right now tells me at least that we are kind of metaphorically in this sort of wilderness, you know, we're just, uh, it's, it's kind of bleak right now. It's kind of bleak. And in Psalm 60 verse 11, the psalmist uh, says this, it's like a, it's like a prayer. He says, oh, grant us help against the foe. 
for vain is the salvation of man. Oh, grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. I read that earlier on in the pandemic, and I was thinking, wow, like that's kind of how we feel. It's just like this invisible foe. <laughs> it's just the foe. <laughs> grant us help against the foe. And it's this thing that we can't control. We can't eliminate. We can create vaccines and do these different things, but God is in control of like actually being able to to withhold this thing. And, you know, we're trusting him in it and all this devastation is causing, but he, only he can really like rescue us from this. And we as humanity are pretty helpless to save ourselves from this pandemic crisis among many other crises that threaten us. And then on the other hand, God's people, Israel, they were helpless to escape their exile until God made a way for them to be freed from their captors. And so, like the writer of Psalm 60, verse 11, we need to acknowledge our need before God and ask him to do a new thing in our midst, for vain is the salvation of man. We need to acknowledge our need before God and ask him to do a new thing in our midst. Only he, only he can make a river in this desert. And so, now that we've kind of established the need to call upon God in prayer to do a new thing. We are, we're longing for him to make these changes in our world. But I think it's vitally important to recognize how God has already given us a new thing to experience in his love. And so, like I said, like the Israelites were in exile, and it kind of feels like we're in this ooh, kind of exile state, but they were waiting for a savior. That's not the state that we're in. We're no longer waiting for a savior. And so we do not need to wallow in a lack of newness because he's already done so much to enrich our lives. And so one thing that I want to draw our attention to is that we can experience just the perfection of his love and mercy. There's this book of the Bible, and once again, in the Old Testament, it's called Lamentations, and it's one of two books written by the prophet Jeremiah. And so the title, Lamentations, is a conjugation of the word lament, which means to express sorrow, mourning, or regret. And so it's a sad book, basically. And so it's called Lamentations because it's just, just bummer stuff, sadness, suffering happening throughout. But in the midst of this book's authors, his woes, about how Israel has suffered, he writes this. In uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, he says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. This verse tells us that we can experience newness now because God's mercies are new every morning. My study Bible comments on this. It says that each day presents another opportunity to experience God's grace. And not only is God's love and mercy new and available to us today, but according to the new covenant in the New Testament, we can experience a new life in Christ. It's not just like we can 
you know, we have this newness from God, his, his love and mercy. No, we can experience a new life entirely in Christ. Unlike the Old Testament Israelites, we are no longer waiting for a Savior. Like I said, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's, that's newness right there. And so everything that we have in our lives like that we get new. Think about Christmas. What'd you get for Christmas? That's like this brand new thing you got. I'm trying to think. I don't really, but uh, like I remember I got this watch for my birthday last year and it was pretty, it was looking pretty sharp then. It's looking pretty sharp now, but it's got this little kind of stuff on it. It's kind of gotten dirtier and I got these shoes that I remember getting for Christmas a while back and they got a little hole in them right now and all this stuff, I don't know, I'm thinking about I think like my guitar, it's got these little, little little tiny dents in it, you know? They weren't there when I first got it. It's because everything that's new now, does it stay new? No, <laughs> it doesn't. Everything is in this state of decay in our world, right? And all things fade in our world. But, but the difference here is that this new life, this new creation, is new, and it just keeps being new. <laughs> and God's love and mercy are new, and they're new every morning. And so if you're a follower of Christ, you may be dissatisfied with the staleness of your surroundings or, you know, the dismal state of the world. But your status as a new creation is continually new. Your state of being filled with the Spirit of God, is ongoing, and it does not fade. It does not fade. Life in Christ is always new. It's always fresh. If we walk in step with the Spirit, that's a promise. That's what we, something that we can take with us, even as we are in these sort of old, decrepit kind of, oh, man, we were waiting for something to change situations. And so for anyone who's not a follower of Christ, this can be good news for you too because this verse says that anyone who is in Christ has this newness and that means you just need to commit yourself commit yourself to him so that he can give you a new heart and make you a new creation there's one more thing in Isaiah 43 that I want to draw your attention to verses 20 through 21 say the wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For, this is key, I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Okay, really think, really pay attention now. To, why do I do this? To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. The new thing that God has already done for you and the new things that God will do are in service to one aim, his praise, his praise. Our declaration of God's praise takes the form of singing and worshiping him like we do tonight, but it also takes the form of proclaiming his glory. We proclaim his glory to him in like worship and we proclaim his glory to other people in, in witness. And so in, we're, we're 
proclaiming his glory, his new mercies, his newness to a world that is in desperate need of him. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Followers of Christ now are God's people on earth, like this verse is talking about. And he has us right here, right now, to worship him and to bear witness to his newness in the lives and hearts of his people, in our hearts. I have one more verse to encourage you with tonight. It doesn't, doesn't start out encouraging, but stick with it for me, okay? Habakkuk 3, Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. And uh, we've got another one of these prophets in here. And so uh, I'll read this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. No matter whether our circumstances or the state of the world is new and vibrant or barren and desolate, God's people have a reason to rejoice. So I encourage you to rejoice with me as, as we plead with God to lead us to a new place, to a new day. Let's pray together. Father, we are enthralled with your mercies, which are new every day. We acknowledge that we don't deserve them. We acknowledge that we are in no position to rescue ourselves from the state of our sin, the state of our world, anything here, God, but you are all-powerful, and we choose to believe that you're going to bring victory and bring healing in this current climate that we're in, but God, ultimately, you will be praised, and, uh, and I, I choose to believe, I hope that it is us <laughs> that will be praising you and proclaiming you among people around us, among the nations, so that all may turn to you and uh, that we all may just receive and enjoy, experience your glory. So, Father, just move through the rest of this night and move through our community as, uh, as we continue to just to seek you in whatever, in whatever way that may be for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.